so the way we live our lives today it seems to me like a linear constant race starting at birth um all your education is geared towards enabling you to gather material wealth after a certain age it also becomes about getting enough social standing in order to be able to attract a mate if you're a guy to attract a girl if you're a girl to attract a guy or any of those permutations and combinations so you start your life and from the time you jab se aap hosh sambhalte ho from the time you get into your own senses you are running towards this goal of basically the center of the things that you're running around is material security wealth family which is also material ultimately when you have kids that is all included in um, this material world um and there is no limit to it because the world especially today there is no limit to it because the world that we are living in um you if you have a million you can aspire to 10 million if you have 10 million you can want 100 million you have 100 million you want 1 billion there is no end to how much you can accumulate your your relationships at 15 you are chasing if you're a girl i'm saying at 15 you are full of these naive romantic dreams and you're chasing a guy at 25 the dreams change a little bit but you're still basically chasing that guy who you can make your family with or who will be the answer to all of your questions so many times at 35 if in case you haven't found your relationship you are still chasing that guy you may not have found the guy but you are living your life as if one day this guy is going to come and then everything will all pieces will fall into their place and today's podcast what i wanted to talk about today it got triggered because a few days ago i was i heard um about a 50 year old um getting engaged and nothing wrong with that the point is not um to hate on that but i think the more nuanced way of looking at it is the way the world is today the things that you are running after uh, running after at 15 can be the things that you run after at 50 they can be the things that you run after 70 that you run after at 70 and again if a 50 year old or a 70 year old wants to date wants to get engaged wants to get married there is nothing wrong with that however there is a slightly different perspective of looking at things now i asked myself the things that i was chasing at 15 at 35 do i want to chase the same things and to as far as i am concerned right I don't wish that for myself. So, regardless of whether if you're chasing a guy or not a particular guy but just a guy to build a home with, 
regardless of whether or not you find that at some point you want to or i would want to feel like if i was that person though i don't feel like i'm chasing a home but if i was that person or whatever it is that i'm chasing today i want to feel like at some point my i will grow out you want to grow out of things you know you want to because there is so much more to life anyways the the topic that i'm getting at is um while growing up we were taught um a hindu philosophy of life in hinduism during the vedic periods and it is mentioned in a lot of um, hindu texts the upanishads which um, is a very respectful there are four upanishads i think i'm not sure don't take it from me there are there's more than a couple of upanishads and this hindu philosophy of four stages of life they call it the four ashrams of life it is mentioned in a couple of hindu texts um it is believed that this was practiced during the medieval times and the ancient vedic times now nobody is fully sure whether um it was followed to the t but this is supposed to be an ideal framework of how you want to go about life so ex- let me explain a li- little bit according to this framework um according to this um module of life life is divided in four stages so you assume that a man's life and i'm saying man because um this is a patriarchal system at the core of it so some of these stages only apply to men and i'm not sure how much they apply to women but for now let's just roll with it so assuming that a man has a life span of 100 years right the life span of 100 years is divided into four stages um each comprising of roughly 25 years but it's negotiable so the first 25 years you are born right and for the first 2 3 years there are no rules for you because there the the consciousness the idea is that the consciousness is not developed enough for you to have any dharma or moral or righteous code after that you are sent to gurukul guru means teacher gurukul means the residence of the teacher the place where your teacher lives so it's like a boarding school maybe you don't live at your parents house you are sent away to gurukul once you're a, a bit older you don't need your mother or your parents uh, physically anymore that much this stage of life is called brahmacharya ashram brahmacharya um the word itself means um celibacy but this celibacy isn't just sexual celibacy um it's an overall state of celibacy where you practice basically meditation self restraint discipline your focus is not to um your focus is not a hedonistic lifestyle so not not excessive of anything right so the way the freedom that we have today the freedom to lead a hedonistic life if you wanted to there are always consequences but we can do that 
so the idea of this first cycle of life brahmacharya ashram from whatever age 3 4 5 until 25 years is you leave your parents house you go live with your teachers at your teacher's house gurukul and guru is um not like the present day school professor or teacher gurus had a much larger role in hinduism because a guru was supposed to be a person who had dedicated their entire existence to bringing up the next generation of populations and the the education wasn't just vocational the education was you obviously learned reading and writing to begin with you learned mathematics you learned some other skills maybe singing dancing um you learned logic reasoning philosophy self discipline if you were from a warrior clan if you if you were going to go back and become a king you also or any of or any of the um any warrior any person who was supposed to fight you would also learn fighting you would also learn um ruling politics so it was meant to prepare you for the life ahead but it wasn't purely vocational um the idea was for the for the pupils to remain as close to the path of dharma or dharm in hinduism um again a concept that can probably take an entire podcast itself but if i have to uh, translate it loosely it will be righteousness the path that will be beneficial to all the beneficial to the universal consciousness and not just beneficial to one individual's greed or lust so that happens right this is the first cycle of life brahmacharya ashram um at 25 you complete this cycle after um once you complete this cycle now you return back to your lives and now you are allowed to enter the second cycle of your life called grihastashram a uh, grihast means a householder or a household so grihastashram is the ashram of a householder during this cycle of your life you are allowed to get married you're allowed to have children you're allowed to enjoy full participation in the society and the pleasures that the society gives but again not excessively you're allowed to enjoy pleasures um while al- also keeping in touch with the path of dharma so you are now allowed to um enjoy sexual pleasures but with your partner you're allowed to accumulate wealth for yourself unlike brahmacharya ashram where even if you were going out to work that wealth wasn't for yourself so even if you were working you would still work for the guru you would not keep any wealth that you earned but in this ashram the second ashram ashram of the householder you're allowed to keep the wealth that you earn you're basically building a family you're having children you're sending them off to their uh teachers residences um you are accumulating wealth you are building a house and you are participating in society you are participating in the decision making roles of the society you are the most active leg of the society at this point this ashram typically lies uh, uh it um starts at 25 and then it ends at around 50 
so the idea is uh, this ashram is the most um, materialistically active ashram of all the four ashrams of life so out one fourth of your life is the life that you spend spend pursuing material wealth pursuing material pleasure to some extent the pleasure of having a family the pleasure of participating in society pleasure of attending festivals making decisions um having a spouse uh, again not in a hedonistic way so it is it was always recommended that whatever you earn a part of that goes to charity always now this is grihastha ashram the idea is that once you are 50 now it is supposed supposed that your kids are now coming back from their brahmacharya ashram around 50 so now you you send your kids off to gurukul when they were children and now they are ready to come back so now they are ready to assume the main um responsibility of the household the idea now the third ashram is called the vanprastha ashram or the ashram of the forest dweller now the idea is to hand over the main responsibilities of um the house that you have built for the past 25 years to the next generation and take a back seat so in this ashram you don't have an active role but you have a an advisory role because you have seen the world you have seen the world function you have learned about it in those 25 years so the a the younger generation when they are confused they come to you to seek counsel about any issue about any about um trade about profession about relationships they come to you to seek counsel you are not in direct control of what happens in the household but um you're like a like an elder presence and that is one of the reasons elders were so much respected um even until very recently today our society has become so youth centric but even as we were growing up you were not allowed to talk back to your elders and so many things and i feel like th- this was true of so many cultures uh this was um i think particularly to hinduism this is where this entire concept of respect your elders comes from because they had that role however the the entire point of vanaprastha ashram wasn't just for you to gain an advisory role uh, there was more to it the idea is that now you have participated in social life you have tasted the pleasures that the world the material world had to offer to you you have done that you have built a home now as you are growing older um you want to slowly gradually cut your attachment your ties with the world that you have built with all the material things that you have accumulated you have to gradually let them go you have to gradually let this feeling go that you own it you pass it off to the next generation you take a back seat and sometimes some people if if they were willing to do so in order to fully focus on themselves they would leave their houses and they would primarily go to forests to live uh during this time you focus on yourself your life 
the greater good of course by providing your wisdom your counsel but mostly to moksha which is the liberation the ultimate liberation of the atma the soul atma isn't exactly soul but there's no word for it so for the past 25 years you have um lived very actively in the material world now is the time the next 25 years from 50 to 75 some people say 72 but whatever from in your 70s from your 50s to your 70s now is the time to slowly cut off those ties and slowly to train your mind again to come closer to the brahmacharya mode where you are focusing on your inner your atman you're not so interested in in a uh, material life you're not so interested in social pleasures or wealth uh during this ashram from what i have read a man was allowed to take his or her a uh, his spouse if a wo- woman was going but i haven't heard of many women going into forests typically a man he was allowed to take his wife to the forest with him if both of them wanted so the the relationship didn't have to be cut off but the relationship couldn't continue as a sexual relationship so you can take your spouse but you have to be then partners of each other in um ways other than sexual partners because the idea is to retreat what however your tentacles right they have gone out into the material world and you have done things that you you have enjoyed the material world now it's time to pull back your tentacles to yourself to the self that you were born with and the self that you are going to die to as um you approach clo- you go closer to the end of your life so this is vanaprastha ashram focused on the greater good of the society where you s- take a back seat you provide counsel and your focus you focus more on your own liberation the fourth ashram now after your in your 70s after your 75 when you are very close to your death um the idea this ashram is sanyas ashram sanyas means renunciation now n- not many people in fact rarely did people go to this ashram and um you'll understand why when you reach this stage of life you are supposed to cut off all ties with your family you retreat into the forest and you live like an ascetic uh for those who don't know anything about ascetics uh you uh, can research a bit about how hindu ascetics live even today some of them live um you basically wear a certain piece of clothing you don't own you are not allowed to own any material property you are not allowed to um earn wealth you are you basically beg and eat or you pick berries or you 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 don't hunt so you pick whatever you get to eat um you live you have renunciated all ties with the material world and now you are completely detached your only focus is your liberation um after your death which is 
very fast approaching at this stage because you're really close i am not even sure at that point how many people even lived till 100 years this is the last stage of life when it is said that when a man would go um to sanyas ashram the family would consider him dead because the understanding was that this person is now never coming back our ties are now done for this birth and the idea for this person is to not come back and there's a very like elaborate concept in hinduism about the bonds right the ties that you make in one birth a lot of times if you don't give up all those ties if you don't let go all those attachments they they make you keep coming back so coming back is not liberation that's why um in sanyas ashram you let go of every single thing that you have known and built and every single relationship that you have known and built for the past 75 years and now you live as an ascetic assuming that your family is in a good condition your son is probably now in his advisory role and he has his son um in brahmacharya um no in grihastashram managing the household again patriarchal uh, setup that's why only sons so these are the four stages of life um what you are pursuing at 25 you are not pursuing that at 50 there is an end to the pursuit of material wealth and to the pursuit of material pleasure to the pursuit of material attachments there is an end now there is obviously controversy about this because um there are castes in hinduism right there used to be varnas um we i i think it will be a very lengthy discussion if we go into it but the idea was that there were four varnas brahmans people the highest people who were allowed to read and write religious texts kshatriyas the warriors kings um queens every all soldiers everyone who fought vaishyas businessmen trade people and shudras um the untouchables people who did manual labor um it is said that these four stages of life were not available to all of those varnas so to the brahman all of these stages were available and this is how a typical life cycle of a person born in a brahman family went first 25 years education then marriage children then later vanaprastashram forest dwelling stage and then sanyasa now talking about kshatriyas a lot of kshatriyas um were not required to take sanyasa um for vaishyas um they basically the business people they basically led the kind of lives that we lead today they were trained sometimes their education during brahmacharya ashram was very limited mostly vocational and then they pretty much spent the rest of their life you know working uh shudras were not allowed any of these cycles they were born they would start working with their parents for whatever manu- manual work that they did and they would basically die doing that this is a- one controversial thing another thing is that even though these stages were prescribed it was rarely seen that 
people followed all of these stages to the t for various reasons now if someone 75 and they are really sick they are not going to go away in a forest away from anybody who can take care of them they'll die similarly there were people who entered grihasthashram the life of a householder and they never left so until they died they lived their life um very actively in the material realm they never really gave it up there were also very interestingly people who completed the brahmacharya ashram and they directly wanted to go to the last stage which was sanyasa so they basically completed their brahmacharya ashram and after that they did not want the the ha- life of a householder so they did not get married they uh, because they did not get married and never build a life in that sense they never had to retreat back from their life gradually like a forest dweller in a uh, in vanprastha ashram they immediately started living the life of an ascetic so they left their families and they they lived the rest of their lives pursuing liberation spiritual liberation um so there used to be various variations of these cycles but what is impressive and obviously these cycles were not available to women um perhaps vanaprastha was but i'm definitely sure sanyasa wasn't cuz nobody was asking a woman to go out and live like an ascetic even today i have never heard of a female ascetic in india even in places like varanasi where you will a lot of tourists go and they find a lot of hindu ascetics uh, a female ascetic i have never seen also because there are certain there is a certain way these ascetics live there's very limited clothing some of them they give up clothing they don't wear anything so there are these men on the banks of river ganga in varanasi they are not wearing anything like they are naked fully naked um and that obviously is not acceptable socially for a woman to do so um these cycles of life were not that readily available to women whether or not a modified version of these cycles was available i am not sure but the idea is that you 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 kind of had this sense that there is a time for a certain thing so at 15 the things that you are chasing probably you shouldn't chase them at 50 regardless of whether you have built the home that you wanted to build or not because building a home finding someone that you love all those things are wonderful but there is life beyond the material realm there is even within the material realm there are there is so much to do other than make money and get married and have children there are things to learn money is very important to survive in today's world i am not going to this is a fact and money is power and today the way the world is that is the only source of power your age can't make you powerful your the work you do doesn't make you powerful if it doesn't pay money is probably the primary way of gaining power in today's world so it is very important but um there are things even within the material realm that are not related to money and they are beautiful things 
and i am saying once you have had enough to make you secure you still don't want to look at those things because there's always more to be had there's always more to be collected and the thing that you have it can always go away because inflation if i have a million dollars today i can't just give everything up those the, the money will get used up it will get over and maybe 10 years down the line 1 million dollars won't even mean as much as it means today similarly i think at a certain age you also you know the idea is that this unending cycle of life today i'm running after things and i i know for sure that 20 years if i'm alive from now i'll still be running after something and very it would be really unfortunate but there's a very high possibility for a lot of us that the things that we are running after today uh, we are running after today and that we will be running after 20 years from now will probably look very similar if not the same um so this school of life it it was very refreshing for me not perfect by any by any measure but i think the gist is har time har kaam ka time hota hai ek cheez ke piche zindagi bhar nahi bhagte reh sakte i wouldn't like to run after a single thing all my life that is all for today so this is a very fascinating concept i wish i wish i could live i don't want to live that long but for whatever time i live i wish i grow out of things and zindagi lambi nahi badi honi chahiye it's not necessary that your life be long but it should be grand it should be meaningful um and it shouldn't i wish that my life isn't fully wasted in running after pursuits that are absolutely material